Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I found the property before I was 18, a week before. It was basically a two-bedroom apartment in uh, in Mount Druitt. And I actually um, put an offer in, got it accepted. On my 18th birthday at 9am, I went into the agent's office and signed that contract on a cooling-off period. So that was my, my first purchase. This is Property Invest Story, where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're speaking with real estate agent and property investor developer Peter Diamantidis. He will diverge his journey into his chosen path fresh from school and tell all about how he saved and purchased his first property readily by the age of 18. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. Starting out in the real estate sector at an early age, Diamantidis' knowledge has been extended over the years to get to where he is today. My name is Peter Diamantidis. Um, I'm currently a real estate agent um, for the last 15 years. I uh, got into property, uh, well, into real estate 15, 15 years ago at the age of 15. Uh, now 31. Uh, my everyday job is to basically list and sell properties. Uh, we also uh, also manage properties. So basically, every day uh, I'd get up at 4:30 in the morning, five o'clock at the gym. Um, at work by eight. Um, my job um, you know, revolves around listing properties, selling properties, talking to clients, developers, um, investors, first home buyers, all anything that's anything basically to do with property. Um, I'm doing that in every day, basically seven days a week. When I look at it, when I was 15 years of age, I um, I started an administration job. Um, I was basically just doing you know paperwork, filing, cleaning bins. Anything that I could do just to uh, to get my foot in the door, um, and then gradually um, improved went into uh, into property management, showing rental properties when I got a car license. Um, did a little bit of strata management, and now in the last say seven years or close to eight years, I've been in uh, in sales. Growing up in Western Sydney, Diamond Titus discovered his calling through work experience at school. So I was brought up in an area called Trigir. Trigir is a suburb in Mount Druitt and Mount Druitt is in Western Sydney. 
So uh, primary school went to a public school called uh, Triggy Public and uh, high school I went to Wayland High School. So basically I, I left in, uh, in year 10. Um, well, in year 10 I had to do uh, actual work experience. Um, so I did um, work experience as a plumber. I wanted to become a plumber. Um, uh, put in a, uh, nearly had an apprenticeship with Garden Island, but still at school. Uh, then I had to do um, uh, experience in a, in a work office. So I said, you know, let's let's try real estate. So I had no no intention to work at the real estate, but I had to do do something for a week. Uh, worked there for a week, and then uh, got offered a part time job. My first ever job, never worked, never worked at McDonald's, KFC, nowhere at all, just um, straight from year 10 to uh, to real estate. <laughs> wow, and the rest is history. You've been in real estate since then, is that right? Correct. So, one job, went to year 10. Um, I never, to be honest with you, I never studied. I wasn't good at books. I'm still not not, not good at reading and writing and everything else, but it was more um, uh, that I just used my hands and moved forward, just, just committed. After 16 years in the same company, Diamond Titas has made the top 52 agents in the country and has no plans of slowing down. In my time now in, in say 16 years, more lately in the last you know, three or four years, I've, I've been approached by a lot, of, a lot of franchises, open up your own business, um, you know, been headhunted. Um, it, it's all changed in the, in the last couple of years. Just I've been in the top, um, well, last year I was actually in the top uh, 52 agents in, in Australia, Australia-wide. Congrats. Um, and yeah, just for a number of sales and, and things like that. So with, with the network I work with now, being consistently number one or number two in the past how many years. So it's, it's been, you know, it's a, it's a stable job. Uh, I love what I do. I don't, look at my, I don't look at my time and say, well, it's five o'clock, let's knock off. It's, um, it's, you know, I come in when I want to, I leave when I want to. It's, it's a very easy job. Yeah, and that's the thing. Once you've built that up, you know, it's kind of a bit hard to go. It's like any any type of job if you're well known, you're successful in it. Yeah, like changing. Like if I change, it's like saying, you know, I'm a, I'm a doctor in some areas and I'm going to go to uh, work in North Sydney. Your clientele is not going to follow you uh, that at that phone. Then you got to you got to start new. Um, but you know, of course, I could be still here where I work in in an area called Samaritans and say, oh, well, I open up across the road. But yeah, I don't have um, that motivation uh, to have an, uh, to have my own office. It's it's a lot easier anyway, to be honest, because you don't have to worry about all the paperwork and all that, you know, business stuff as well behind the scenes. Yeah, well, I look at it and go, well, my my investment properties or my investment journey is a full time job, pretty much. So that's why I look at it. That's my my own business, and where I work is somebody else's business, but I look after it like it's my own. His interest in property also stemmed solely from his career in real estate as his family's circumstances didn't allow for parental influence when he was younger. At 15, I had no interest. 16, yeah, I was look at, looking into it. Um, my, my background, you know, I, I had a mother, didn't have a father and I had uh, two grandparents. Um, that's all I had uh, growing up, no brothers, no sisters. So. Um, because we lived in an area which I would say, and there's no, no disrespect to the area, it's a poorer area of Sydney. Um, you know, my mother only had one home where you know she was paying off. My grandfather had a, um, a home uh, where um, you know he paid off you know many years ago. But uh, they were always in the in the belief to buy a house, pay it off, and then buy the next home. Um, I started realizing at a very young age, at you know 17, 18, or well, before 18. 
you know, to do that, um, it's going to take a long period of time to to uh, to basically buy your second or third or fourth home, uh, which I wasn't willing to uh, to wait. So um, yeah, influences I would say, you know, not in a negative way. They they weren't all for buying multiple properties. They want one property, pay it off, and then and then go again. Through learning more about property investments in his line of work, Diamond Tita started investing himself as soon as he was legally able to do so. So basically carrying on, you know, starting in, in real estate at the age of 15, you know, I then started to um, you know, start looking into property in more around when I was probably 17 years of age because the area that I lived in, uh, there was a lot, of, uh, a lot of investors, a lot of landlords. So I was actually watching, you know, and seeing, you know, what are they doing, learning from them. So before I turned 18, I was very committed. I wanted to buy a property. So I went down to the Commonwealth Bank, um, you know, before I was at the age of 18, basically said that, you know, we can't process a loan, you're not 18, but we can look at figures and, and work it out from there. So wasn't happy uh, on the way I was treated uh, from the Commonwealth Bank. So I went to a mortgage broker, sat down, um, and we decided that on the age of, you know, when I'm 18, process the loan and buy a property. So I found the property before I was 18, a week before. Um, uh, it was basically a two-bedroom apartment in uh, in Mount Druitt, and I actually um, put an offer in, got it accepted on my 18th birthday at 9am. I went into the agent's office and signed that contract on a cooling-off period. So, so that was my my first purchase. It's a two-bedroom unit. I think it was uh, at the time around 167,000. And um, it was in an area in Mount Druid. So that was my first ever purchase and my first property um, you know, under my belt. That's great. And I have to say, at 18 years old, you're still very young compared to, I guess, the other generation as well. A lot of people usually don't start investing that early. Um, were there anything that sort of held you back from buying into it or you just said, look, I'm going to go and buy it? Well, I was I was very I was very nervous um, because I you know at the time and, and I'm I'm going to be honest here uh, when I started at the age of fifteen working I was earning one hundred and ninety eight dollars a week um, I wasn't earning uh, you know big big money so even at the age of uh, eighteen I would have been earning probably less than maybe four fifty five hundred dollars a week so back then it was a lot harder so I saved every dollar um, and it, and every dollar made made a difference. So um, there's a couple of things, you know, in uh, you know before I was 18 that I had to sacrifice. You know, um, you know, I probably couldn't go out to the movies as often, or or, or did things where maybe other teenagers did, um, because I really wanted to get into property. So um, yeah, it was it w- was hard. I was scared, but um, I said to myself, what put me basically through that uh, that period where I'd say it, it's make or break is looking at the rental return. The rental return, making sure that I had a tenant in there, making sure the property was clean and tidy. Um, if I had a tenant in there, I believe that was paying a rent, even you know if they didn't pay for how many weeks, I could cover the repayments, and it would be fine. So that that got me over the line. Coming up after the break, we'll delve into why diamond teeters prefer to invest in property rather than other investment vehicles like shares. I didn't know much, but I knew that, you know, buying a property, you know, eventually, you know, something might, you know, increase um, or, you know, at worst case, um, you know, the way I looked at it was in 20 years or 25 years when that loan is paid off. His worst investing moment. Somebody approached me and said, you know, I've got a tenant, you know, she's doing it pretty hard, but she's working and everything else. And I said, okay, all right, well, 
I'll give it a go. Had landlord insurance, of course, but I, the complete nightmare. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shump, and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, podcast listeners. I just wanted to let you know about the podcast show notes I've created for you that you can download at freepropertyresource.com. Inside these show notes, I've included a full summary, details of the resources recommended, plus much, much more. Just go to freepropertyresource.com to grab it now. It's free and it'll make the rest of the episode so much more impactful. Again, that's freepropertyresource.com. Now back to the show. So, what made Diamond Titus choose property as a wealth creation vehicle over other types of investments? At the time, I, I didn't know anything else. I had no idea about shares. Um, I had no idea about, you know, even people telling me now about, you know, buying, you know, vending machines and ATMs and getting rent back from things at holiday homes. I had no idea. Um, you know, at, at under the age of 18 or 18, I just no idea at all. Um, so, because I worked in real estate in that in that you know that period of time, um, you know I, I didn't know much, but I knew that you know buying a property, you know eventually you know something might you know increase, um, or you know in, at worst case, um, you know the way I looked at it was in 20 years or 25 years when that loan is paid off, I thought of that to be as like my super, um, something that's paid off, I'll be getting a rent return on it. Um, and that's the way I looked at property at, at an early age. I looked at it as a my retirement fund. Maybe retire at the age of say forty or forty five or fifty. Um, you know, I say fifty now, but then I said, oh, maybe forty I'd retire. Um, but the way I'm, I'm still going. But yeah, that's that's the um, yeah that was the main reason why I wanted to get a, a property at a very early age. His journey has evolved over the years from simply purchasing bread and butter properties to building developments. Initially, he bought 22 properties and now has a stable portfolio to work with. I'm now down to uh, 15 properties, actual existing properties and I'm currently building 10 as we speak. Um, so, I've, I've now moved a little bit from you know buying your bread and butter stuff, your apartments, your houses, your townhouses to more um, developing my own land, um, building duplexes, building single-storey homes. Uh, doing townhouses, I'm doing one of my, my biggest projects at the moment, which is seven townhouses, um, which is 250 meters to the beach, um, which that's, that's my biggest, you know, biggest ever project. So um, I'm more moving on to uh, that stage. But in saying that, I've still kept a lot of my properties, which I bought at um, in my early 20s. Of course, I don't own the, the property that I, uh, my, my, I bought on my 18th birthday, but I uh, have bought other properties in that time, which I've kept, which I look at it as my bread and butter stuff. Um, you know, when I retire, I'm hoping to still own these, alone, be owned outright, and uh, it'd be just passive income. Although Diamantitas hasn't had a terrible investing moment, he has had bad experiences at the beginning of his journey where unruly tenants have caused damage to his property. I could say what my bad moments are investing is not proceeding with certain properties where I should have. And if I look back and say why I didn't proceed with those properties um, is more uh, to say, well, I'm not going to pay that extra three or $4,000 when I didn't want to at the time because I knew that was more properties uh, potentially out there. Um, 
it's not more of a uh, a negative. Um, but if if you move to the other side and you say, well, you own the property, what's been you know the most negative thing that's happened? I could say, well, you know, listening to maybe friends putting them into uh, into a rental property that you own, I uh, could be a uh, could be a mistake. This would have been my maybe this might have been second or third property. Um, bought a two bedroom townhouse. And at the time, somebody approached me and said, you know, I've got a tenant, you know, she's doing it pretty hard, but she's working and everything else. And I said, oh, okay, all right, well, I'll give it a go. I had landlord insurance, of course, but it was a complete nightmare. Uh, from the moment she moved in, causing, you know, a nuisance with neighbours and, and everyone else. So it got me off guard with a lot of my, um, my other neighbours um, in the area because they, they knew who I was. Um, basically, trashed the property, um, cost probably nearly just over $20,000, $25,000 in and insurance claims, uh, and you got to remember, if that happened to me now, I'd say okay, you know, fair enough. But that happened to me when I was under the age of twenty, uh, when I wasn't earning a lot of money, uh, and I was relying on that rent. So that was stressful. So now I've learnt uh, a lesson. Um, you've got a real estate agent for a certain reason. Um, of, of course, you know, if you've got you know good experience, you don't have to double check the application and and things like that. But be careful on who you put in a property. doesn't matter how bad your property is. It doesn't matter how good your property is uh, because it's a nightmare in trying to get them out, repairing it, and it will just cost you a lot of money. Well, that's a good story. <laughs> Come on. You could say that was one of your <laughs> bad yeah. investing well, moments. Well, <laughs> yeah, like it like wasn't bad. Like at the time, it was bad, but it wasn't, you know, like that I've bought a property and I've lost, you know, $200,000 overnight or I've bought, bought the wrong property. Um, out of all my property purchases, not one of them have gone down in value, um, and maximum and most of them have, have probably gone up over a hundred thousand dollars each, uh, and some of them have probably doubled or tripled. Yeah, um, yeah. In, in in that time, probably even quadrupled. The moment which he considers his most shining aha moment throughout his journey as a young investor is not so much about property he has invested in or something he has learnt but meeting someone special through property. It's basically uh, me working as a real estate agent where I've actually met my wife. Um, at the time, I at the time um, still working where I am, I uh, had a property on the market uh, which I sold uh, to a young lady um, and later fell in love with her, married, and now she's actually my, um, you know, she helped with my, she runs my portfolio, or our portfolio, you know, she... She does, you know, manages all the repairs, manages all the paperwork. So it's not really like a um, something that I've bought, but I've met her, we're married, we've got children, uh, and she's now looking after our, pro- uh, portfolio, our portfolio full-time. So so it's a bit of a, yeah, if I didn't sell on that property, if she didn't view that property, I would have never met her, never went past that stage. Uh, and I can say, you know, comfortably since I have have met her. My uh, well, our portfolio has more than doubled uh, within within a, within a say five year period. Another moment where everything clicked into place came with one of his more recent development ventures with a corner block. Probably le- less than three years ago, I um, I bought a block of land um, in an area called Riverston. Now uh, it was a corner block. My intentions were to uh, to basically just build. You know, just a single-story home with a granny flat at the back. That was the idea, um, because you know, you know, really, that's you know, that's what all you could fit on the block of land. So, at the time, went through all the motions, through all the approvals, 
Um, at the time, I uh, had a, uh, or I've got a, got a good friend uh, that also bought a block similar uh, probably two years before, and he advised me, he goes, you know, Peter, you, you can actually build two houses on there, not one. And I said to him, no, I've, I've checked with different architects and everything else. He said, no, I've got an architect. He's promising me that we can get two on there. So, you know, alarm bells started ringing saying, hey, these people are about to, uh, to pour the slab um for a, for a proper property because i've got it all approved and this guy's telling me that i can have two houses on there so i put the brakes on uh spoke to this architect um basically you know six months later had an approval for two homes and now building two houses rather than one <laughs> that that is definitely an aha moment gosh imagine what could what you could have what could have happened if you just only did one yeah well it's, it's it, I, I worked out the the sum so i've profited an extra three hundred and twenty thousand. Uh, rather than, um, you know, if I, and, and, and again, uh, and this is another, another lesson is I was looking at council website. I was speaking to architects in the area, which were very busy at the time, but somebody that was very eager, wanted business, said, you know, I can, I can, I can test this. I can speak to council. I can run this. Like we've got different stories which we, we can actually go and we can get this approved. And since then, I made a precedent in that area and a lot of other, uh, other people have followed on. Diamond Titus met his architect through his mortgage broker who he now has a steady friendship with. The architect that got it approved was for a friend, a very close friend, which I actually uh, met. He was actually my mortgage broker and now he's one of my best mates uh, for, the last, uh, for the last 10 years. So, um, he basically yeah, said to me and, and, and it was just timing, you know, like I've bought it, I've gone through it, I've got the approval, I even paid the builder to was doing the house and granny flat, the deposit. Um, and he was ordering everything. Um, so it was just very good that, you know, that builder cancelled uh, doing that. And, and, I, and it actually gave him more work because now he's not building a house in Granny Flat, he's building two separate homes. Now, with two Torrents title, two-story homes on the cards, he is in the process of completing the build within the next five months with the plan to keep them as investment properties. You know, the way I look at it, if you're selling a property, you're going to be paying tax. Um, why not keep that property, um, you know, in, 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 in the future, three years, five years, ten years, it's going to be worth more and especially that property where I actually purchased it just to have the house and granny flat, that give me dual income. I'm now going to get dual income plus a little bit more um, out of it. So, it's going to be actually positive geared. So, why, why, why would you sell a property brand new, brand new estate, um, you've got good depreciation and, you um, you know, why would you sell it just to pay some capital gains? Keep them. So, inspired by Diamond Titus' story and his amazing aha moment, we'll continue the conversation in a future episode on Property Investory. We'll talk about his strategy for property investing. I tried to collect as many properties which were nearly positive geared or neutral or at the end of it all, buy properties where I could create dual income uh, to make them uh, positive. Some of the best advice he's ever received. You can always haggle to get the best deal, but don't lose a deal over a couple of thousand dollars, five, even ten thousand dollars. Because if you if you really think it's a good deal, just buy it on your first instinct. And that's next time in a future episode of Property Investory. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, you can text me your email address to 0499881040 to subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. 
Simply text me your email address to 0499 88 1040 to get your free case studies. Thanks for listening.